Y dos. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Y dos. Hello, hello, and welcome to Cortez NYC Livestream Podcast. This is a bi-weekly show broadcasting out of New York. It is hosted by myself, Cortez NYC, and... Carla de Puerto Rico. And this is a podcast where we share our views about art, creativity, and city life from a Latino perspective. And this is episode two, Status. Our first section, hashtag art life, we're going to be discussing what is success? How do you define it? What is it? Money? Fame? We're also going to be talking on hashtag culture talk about how is the Latino experience presented in TV shows. And as always, we're going to teach you some Spanish words in Hablando Español. So let's get on with it. Success. How do we define it? Um, yeah, usually, what is it? Yeah, usually as artists, we don't. We don't really get to think about that too much because the assumption is that we will all be starving artists and, <laughs> and we're never going to see any money. Right. Um, but I think at a certain point, you you acknowledge it for yourself. You realize, well, wow, I, I reached that step. I never thought I would. Um, so what is it for you? What What is that one point that you reach and you say, man, I never imagined that I would be doing this. Now I have made it. I am a successful artist. Yeah. It, and also, like, does it means that you're going to be working a nine to five in that art that you learned? Or does it mean that you're going to be doing it on your free time? And then that's going to become a success for you because you can do both things at the same time. Right. So um, I think we'll start with what is the typical assumption of what success means? Success usually for people means money. Yeah. Right? Before fame? Definitely. I think money. So you could be a very successful artist that nobody knows of. <laughs> <laughs> But you could be very rich mm -hmm. and have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not a bad gig. I, um, I guess. I think, I think that's, that's a, a common situation. Yeah. The most common situation. I think if, I, if you really think about it, It's impossible that we know all the artists out there. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of artists out there that we don't ever hear about and don't are never going to know about that are successful, yeah. that make a lot of money, and they, they have families. They, they're maybe even wealthy. They can travel. They can do things. They have properties. They have whatever, you know, that are financially successful. Um, I think speaking about being successfully, uh, financially successful, I would say for me... When I first started, I was in my, I was late nine, late teens, early 20s when I first got my big, I want to say $350 check <laughs> <laughs> for doing some, some illustration project. And that was my first step into acknowledging that my art can make money. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it was my little my foot my toe in the door getting my foot in the door to acknowledging that i need to keep my eyes open because uh, on, on the money part of it because yes i'm actually going to be able to make money with my art and and that might mean success and i might need to start evaluating how much money matters to me because i remember at that age money didn't matter my art mattered 
you know, my art above all. Art was everything, and right. money didn't matter to me. Literally, you could offer me a ton of money, and I wouldn't even <laughs> understand the value of it because the art is what mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that first check that I ever got, that little 350 back then seemed like so much money. And then within a couple of months, I got offered, I, got gi- I was given uh, 1500 Whoa. for a project. And I was like, whoa! I was like, I got 1500 <laughs> You know, and, yeah, I'm a millionaire. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. I, I, as a as a as a as a late teen, early I would say, let's say, 20 year old. As a 20 year old, that's you know, a lot of money. It's yeah. a lot of money to be making out of art. Yeah, yeah. Out of a handshake and some art. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like no contracts or anything. Just basically, somebody liked my art. They hired me to do a project. I did the project and I got paid. And that is a big deal when. No resumes, no business cards. You know, they're just looking at your art and they're just taking you for, for face value that you're an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a big deal. Yeah, that that will open up your mind to accepting definitions of success and what does it mean to be yeah. successful. I was actually thinking about how do you think that being successful as an artist was, let's say, for Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> Because I, I guess it was going to be, is it is a different, I mean, it was a different time. They were doing, like, art was literally um, their work. But I think that at the time that maybe he felt successful was when he managed to create other things outside from whatever people was asking him to do. Like, he had his different stuff that he didn't sell. Like, it was just designs and, and stuff like that, right? I mean, I... There's no way to, uh, we can't go back in no, time and understand what, what they were going through. But I, I'm sure that at the time of Leonardo da Vinci or at the time of Michelangelo or, or any of these artists at, of those ti- of that time period, Rembrandt or uh, classical artists, I'm sure that they didn't have the same struggles that we do now. Um, yeah. I don't think that they were worried about the social media, what they thought of them, or are they, are they getting likes Mm-hmm. Are they getting followers? <laughs> um, I'm. I know that the world was smaller back then, so yeah. it, maybe it was easier to get fame. Right. Um, and I know they had. They were commissioned. All of them. They were all commercial artists back then. Nobody. The concept of doing art for leisure, for recreation. That yeah. that is a modern invention. That's not something that existed back then. Uh, in the classical times. Art was an expensive thing. It was for the elite um, to to actually obtain the paint alone was like a technology. I see. Um, so it was expensive to get color. Was expensive any kind of color uh, outside of the raw basic charcoals and things like that. Uh, the pigment itself was expensive. So you weren't making art for the hell of it. You weren't you know going to art colleges and just fiddling around with paint and trying to do abstractions and things like that. No, you you actually had to be commissioned by, at that time, royalty or clergy mm-hmm. to do a big project, an epic project for the elite community. Nothing. You know what I mean? And uh, so you had to be accountable to them. So I think at that time, it was very clear that fame, that, that money equaled success and fame equal success and it was all related Mm -hmm. i think now in modern times is when we have this this division where we can be yeah very rich and not famous or Or very famous very famous and not rich rich. exactly Uh we'll go into now the next topic 
the next side of it. To yeah. Go, yeah, like go for it. fame. For example, for you, right? Because basically, you're kind of famous. If a little bit, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm poor man's famous. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. But um, if you go to his YouTube, YouTube slash Cortez NYC, you can see you have 12,000 followers, and that's not uh, subscribers in, in YouTube. It will be, and that's not not it's not easy to get. So how? How do you manage that? Like how? Because I, I know that you should feel like a little bit like, oh my God, people are actually following me and, and they're liking what I do. But at the same time, it's not like I live for the attention of the people. Like I know that from you. So how do you relate that to, to let's say, your normal life? Well, I think, I think in, uh, social media makes being famous very distorted it distorts mm -hmm. the concept of fame because you can have a lot of subscribers for really dumb things now it's true. right you can get subscribers yeah, for very yeah, dumb definitely. reasons i'm not saying that what you do is dumb you might be doing things that have meaning or whatever i'm saying that it's not a, a direct correlation of your effort mm -hmm. you can get followers just from being viral yeah yeah like you have just that's that one video that you didn't want anybody to watch. Exactly. But everybody saw it. It went viral and then you got all these people following you. So so fame as an artist mm -hmm. on, on social media now and, and uh, social media being the biggest part of it right now. Mm -hmm. Because even when you come out of college, you're trained to be on social media as an artist. Yeah. Um, I think social media can, can distort your perspective of fame. Um, I think when I was growing up, you know, famous would be somebody on television or somebody in the newspaper or somebody in a magazine yeah um and I, that was more difficult because you had more filters mm -hmm. you know you had an editor yeah and you have that, to that had to approve you and you, you have know? to have connections exactly yeah so i think now to be an artist and to be famous and to to allow that into your spirit as a sign of success is dangerous um i think For me personally, yes, when I first got a little fame back in the days uh, in, in magazines and newspapers and word of mouth, I think it was, I, I recognized it. I saw it as fame. I was like, oh yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting popularity. I, I, people know me. Mm -hmm. um, it never got to my head to the point where I needed to chase it because I felt like, I, I, I felt like it wasn't my goal. Mm -hmm. My goal wasn't to chase fame fame and i think for myself between chasing fame or popularity and yeah. chasing money i think i ended up at the end deciding more towards money because of my necessities and realizing that right. it's no good to be a, a dead starving famous artist i'd rather be a living tummy full artists eating and healthy <laughs> that I can continue to make more art yeah. <laughs> you know it's not going to do me any good to burn out early and if I think if you if you focus on fame you can burn out physically if you focus on fame and don't take care of your necessities mm -hmm. your the roof over your head the clothing on your back you know your your it'll affect everything it'll affect your psyche it'll affect your well-being yeah, it'll affect your family life creating creating fame it takes so much from you like you 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 have to really spend the time to create all these things and 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 cater to so many people that 
maybe you even forget what is the real meaning of everything. Yeah. And maybe you become part of this world that at the end of the day, they're not really with you. So it's, it's, it's not even like they're paying you. And, and it's true what you're saying. Like if you really chase something that is real, that is going to really help you at the end in the long run, I think it's worth it, right? Yeah. And I, I think um, so chasing fame, chasing fame can mislead you, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't necessarily say I'm not saying here, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm not saying chase money, but I'm saying when you look at fame and you look at money as a sign of success, I would say I, I respect more and, and can identify more people that that will see financial stability as a sign of success that you are financially stable enough to continue to create and to not be being held accountable to somebody else's needs mm -hmm. you know what i mean that you yourself can sustain yourself and that you can continue to create with your own free mind yeah that's a difficult tight rope tight rope to walk and and i think that that's the balance that i try to find um when somebody says what does success mean to you you know i, I think that That's where it would, it would land. And it is difficult because it's, it's, it's difficult to, to balance both things, right? To, to balance, to, let's say, make money and then have the time and creativity to create. Yeah. Or just to create, to get the fame, so then you get money. Yeah. 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 And I, th I think um, fame, now I feel like fame is, a, fame is something that will happen eventually. Hmm. no matter what you do and it comes and goes that's another thing that i learned um if you're working really hard at something whether you're a cartoonist a graffiti artist a fine artist a musician if you're working really hard at that and you're developing your skills and and evolving your talent you will eventually get no, uh, some recognition yeah. there, there, there's going to be a circle of people that are going to recognize what your efforts and they're going to follow you and they're going to push and promote you and they're going to open up doors for you so I don't think it's necessary right now to chase fame if, if you're an artist out there wondering these things if you, if you chase fame you might end up one day catching fame and then losing it again right but money <laughs> money will stay with you if you learn how to make money you will you can you can save your money and you can you will learn you will learn skills that will make you more money and that'll mm -hmm. continue to grow mm -hmm. so between the thing about getting chasing fame and chasing money i would say you chase money more now right. now backing What? up a little bit uh -huh. what is success for me personally right yeah because the topic was What does success mean to you? Is it money or is it fame? For me, I'll add another element to this conversation. For me, success is that did you make something original, iconic, that nobody else has done before? Okay. Okay, that's another element that artists chase. Can you make that original thing that somebody will say, that was you, that was your purpose, you did that thing? Yeah. And I think that when you've reach that point where you've actually made something original it kind of 
for me, it was a sign of success. When I finally did that one thing that I was like, wow, you know, I actually made that effort. And at the end of the day, people remembered it. And 10 years later, people still look back and say, wow, that was really cool what you did then. That to me was a sign of success for me. More than the fame and more than the money is that, that you, when you realize that you affected somebody's life, that you created something that became part of some culture or somebody's upbringing, and you're like, wow, the thing that I did is still being talked about or, or is still relevant. That is kind of important. Some artists chase that. Mm -hmm. uh, if we want to talk about music, there's some musicians that have done that, right? That yeah. have made iconic songs that 20 years later, people still sing and dance to. Yeah, exactly. Know? And oh. they, they have done something different. And, and maybe at the moment, they didn't thought it was going to be such a big deal. But... But then they realize that, oh, yeah, it's part of our culture and and we made an impact in music and, and maybe even worldwide, everybody can listen to this. Yeah. Um, but I, it, I guess that also comes from the background of the artist, because some artists, maybe if they go to fine art, maybe they have the the support of their parents and they come from a rich family maybe they think that what they have to chase is the fame because they don't need the money right you know oh that's true so and then maybe you have this other artist which thinks more about his creativity and everything that he needs to do in order to to have all his needs um fulfilled and then also make art which maybe it will lead to well it, it, it is if it's the art that I'm making it is impactful or not is it making a difference or not because at the end of the day you're making it just because you wanted to right. right it's not because you're looking for fame or you're looking for for money it's just because you want to right um, I think another uh, maybe another element to think about um, as a sign of success right mm -hmm. Another sign of success can be, what does it mean to your personal family, right? Uh, some people make art to get approval from their from their circle, their, their nuclear family. Yeah. Uh, some people make art, their art, whether it's music or visual art or sculpture or any kind of art, that mm -hmm. I'm a dance or whatever. So artists might be motivated by uh, appreciation acceptance yeah. from their from their immediate family uh, maybe you want your father to appreciate your work or your mother to appreciate your work or to understand your work maybe yeah. they don't understand your work maybe you're a cartoonist doing anime and you know this anime that you do your your family is you know from El Salvador and they don't even know what anime is maybe they don't care what anime is or maybe you're a musician and, and uh, I'll use a very common one maybe you're a hip-hop artist right you like hip-hop or now it's trap right or yeah. whatever it might be yeah, yeah. and you your lyrics are dark and street mm -hmm. and your family mm -hmm. doesn't understand it because your family doesn't understand what the hell you're talking about why yeah. are you doing this style of music and you might spend a good portion of your career just trying to get them to understand it you know and and pursuing right. that i don't know if you have anything in that perspective but um I, oh your brother your brother's uh yeah so uh who, it, yeah. i was thinking about him so introduce your brother um yeah so my brother he he's a reggaeton artist now he's a reggaeton singer and he's starting his career and obviously his songs are very pro provocative and right, so so reggaeton reggaeton is a version of 
reggae, yeah. Latin, you know, Spanish, and yeah, then he's in yeah. Puerto Rico. Yeah, he's in Puerto Rico. So it's basically kind of like a trap, but in Spanish. But the, his, his um, style is like trap and reggaeton together, mixed up. Um, so his lyrics are very provocative and very sensual and sexual and everything. And, and I've heard comments from my mom coming from my mom saying like, I don't understand what he's singing. <laughs> But um, maybe, you know, that's the way he starts because that's, that's, those are the lyrics that gain the attention of the people that he wants to get the attention from the young people people that are listening to trap that are listening to reggaeton that are listening to all this stuff and and but even though his lyrics are so um impactful and and strong he still has the the um support from his family his mother supports him a lot and my sister too so so i think like it depends because when they see you that you have worked so hard like for example him he had worked since high school since high school he knew he wanted to be a reggaeton artist now he i think he's 27 um so after they have seen you working so hard on something and then they finally see you in shows and presentations and stuff like that maybe they they start to understand where you're coming from and what was everything you were doing about right no acceptance so so that's another i think that's another element that is a little more personal and maybe a lot of people might not want to acknowledge But, you know, on this podcast, we acknowledge all the personal stuff because mm -hmm. we're speaking directly into your ear. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I think that's another element people don't talk about. They talk about money. They talk about fame. But do they talk about family acceptance and friend or even acceptance from your peers? Yeah. That, that you want your peers to accept your art. Yeah. Um, that is true, actually. That's another thing that people chase. And, and, it, and it is a, a sign of success that you feel you've made it sometimes when you have that, mm -hmm. you know, when you acquire yeah. that. Another thing that I could think of that maybe I might look into the future is I, I have sons. They're, they're, they're uh, you know, teens. And maybe one day I might be looking to have them accept me. And that might be another sign of success for myself. Um, the day that my sons will say, wow, dad, like, you know, I really see what you're doing. You know, I think my sons right now kind of, they, they see what I do and they're like, ah, but your dad, whatever. But maybe in some cases, You might look at older artists. You might, some of you listeners might not think this way, uh, unless if you have children. But you know, there might come an age that you might reach where you might be looking at the next generation, saying, "How do my sons accept me?" And is and wouldn't that make me feel good? And wouldn't that be success? Yeah. Um. So I, I think maybe success evolves. I think so. Yeah. With with age, maybe in the beginning it's fame, then later it's money. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, are we getting like a little? <laughs> we're getting a little grit there. Yeah. For you guys, uh? I think I, I actually yeah that that might be it because that happens with a lot of artists and, and actors and and people that start in the TV in TV shows let's say or movies, they start they start really young and when they start really young they get all the fame and they get all this attention and they get the money too because obviously they they're working with all these producers and directors and all that but when they get to a certain age i think they start to realize what is important and that happens to a lot of of actors at least or or singers also yeah yeah i think i think um i could think of a lot of musicians mm -hmm. 
that might have started in one genre. Yeah. And as they got older, evolved, and then they lose their old crowd and they gain a new crowd. Yeah. A new new audience. And they get criticized. And I think that evolution, you know, is common. It's just that we don't really pay attention to be, because we, you know, we're, we're followers of certain musicians and then, mm-hmm. and then we kind of stop listening to them and we don't follow them to see what's their next evolution. Except reggaeton artists. Reggaeton singers, <laughs> they're always singing reggaeton. You see Daddy Yankee? Daddy Yankee started when he was 18, 17. He's now 40-something and he's still doing the dura, dura, dura. Oh, good. I, I would say for myself, an artist, like a musician that I could say evolved, a big evolution was Sting. I was thinking about him yeah, too. Yeah, Sting, Sting from The Police. You know, uh, Sting started in a in a band called The Police back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. He went through the 80s, the 90s, you know, as part of this band. It was a r- regular old rock, pop, ska band. Yeah. And then they evolved and became icons and then he moved on to become like a jazz pop singer uh and it's incredible i mean i i I see the things that he does and i'm like wow he really evolved um i i could think of maybe a few other rock bands that have evolved that way a few singers that evolved Uh, in spanish music i think some of the salseros might have evolved from very common salsa to more political or maybe more more topical or maybe more and, romantic and then you have the ones that started very cultural the carlos vives oh yeah and then became a little bit more street and then a little more pop and a little more <laughs> and a yeah, little bit more pop because they wanted yeah. to to get that attention again yeah that's true that's true i mean i'm sure you guys out there listening probably have your own examples of yeah uh musicians that have evolved or maybe visual artists that have evolved um you know i think i could think of visual artists evolutions if you if you think of the famous ones because we always look at the famous ones but um uh, let's say a picasso you know picasso i know he started very figurative and he learned and was trained in a very figurative way eventually he landed on this cubism where it was very abstract and um and people criticized him for that but he could care less and i think that that's something that that's what made him an icon for for art as an artist as a not just as a visual artist, but as, a, as an artist in the terms of a human being who's an artist, a creative, mm-hmm. you know, that he really could care less. He, and he made his fame that way. Um, I think that's something that we all look for yeah. in artists, right? So success, to wrap it up, <laughs> you got success as markings. You got money, you got fame, you got family uh, acceptance, acceptance, you mm-hmm. got peer recognition. Yeah. And then you have the future iconic, you know, pieces that if you've made that iconic piece or you've made or you might make several iconic pieces, but they could be counted on your hand. How many? That could be a mark of success, you know, for the long run. Yeah. Um, If you like what we've been talking about in this section, hashtag art life, Um, continue the conversation. Uh, Tag us if you have a comment or post on our post. You know, a comment. Let us know on Instagram. We're hashtag Cortez NYC Livestream. On Facebook, we're hashtag Cortez NYC Livestream. And with that, we will continue.
Culture talk. This yes. is my favorite section. This is Carla's baby. <laughs> culture talk, hashtag culture talk. This is where we talk about different cultural issues, whether they be Latino issues or they be art culture issues. Um, or topics, not issues, but just topics, things to talk about. Uh, so on this one, Carla, what do you got for us? Yeah, so on this one, we're going to talk about TV shows that present the Latino experience. So basically, we're going to discuss some TV shows that might present a Latino experience that is true, that is not true. Maybe they're exaggerating some stuff. Um, so In- English speaking. Yeah, English speaking. So basically, TV shows made in the United States. Correct. Yeah. So not not novelas. No, no novelas. Not Univision. No, not Univision. Not <laughs> telenovelas. Not what's your favorite telenovela? What's my favorite telenovela? <laughs> Mariela del Barrio. Not Mariela del Barrio. Right? Not those, right? We're not talking about that. <laughs> no, we're not talking about those. Uh, we're so, talking about American TV shows, Netflix yeah. shows, mm-hmm. cable shows, old yeah, TV shows. Yeah, yeah. All these shows that everybody loves, but I don't. No, no. They're some not. of them I do. But let's get into it. For example, let's talk about Narcos. Blah. Everybody loves Narcos. I don't know why. Blah. The the accent is so horrible. I think it, I only not, saw what like ten minutes of it. And there was like one Colombian, no. and everybody else was like Brazil- po- from Brazil. Puerto Rican, Brazil. Uh huh. <laughs> and and their accent. Was, Guzman was in it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Luis Guzman is in it. <laughs> from the Bronx. Luis Guzman from the Bronx is on Narcos. Yeah. How do you expect me to take that seriously? Exactly. And they were presenting uh, the the life of this guy Pablo Escobar, right? Yeah. Um. And but it was so horrible, so yeah. bad. And I think one of the problems that that we have as Latinos is that most of TV shows or movies are presenting Latinos as gang members, as people Dr- that... Drug dealers. Drug dealers. Yeah. As, as people that have guns, that they're violent. And that's not true. That's that's not true for us. And we, when people come here to the United States and they really want to work and they really want to do something, they're not fucking selling drugs. No. I mean, look, there's, you know, in, in my, my family's Colombian. Okay, I... They all came from Colombia. So I, I'm first generation born in New York. I grew up in the time, you know, in the, in the 80s. You know, I was born in 70. I grew up in the 80s, 90s. For me, the narcos back then, the TV show back then was Miami Vice. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Miami Vice time. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Miami Vice dragged Colombians through the mud. Yeah. Because back then, it was the whole Reagan Bush era you know, the war on, the quote-unquote war on drugs. Now we mm-hmm. have a quote-unquote war on terrorism and exactly. ISIS. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and if you guys, you, you younger people listening can identify with this, uh, the equivalent to your war on internet bullying <laughs> and war on ISIS was my time, the war on oh, drugs, drugs, say no to drugs campaign, right. all this st- stupid shit. And, and the people that were the bad guys back then were the Colombians. Mm-hmm. Generic Colombians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not specific Colombians. They never said back then, the Pablo ones, Escobar exactly. and these people and these people. They just said Colombians. All Colombians. The Colombians are the bad ones. The Colombians. Yeah. And I grew up in that time period and, and just, you know, I think... I learned back then to realize that the stereotypes are going to be coming hot and heavy. And so when I see Narcos now, you know, in the, in, we're in the 2000s, 
and I see Narcos, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I can't believe they still have a show like this, and I can't believe that they do it so poorly. Exactly. I would have respected it more if by this time they would have at least had authentic Colombian actors, authentic Colombian scripts, and like got into the culture of Pablo Escobar and all that a little closer yeah. where I could actually learn something. So the, I'll move on. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there was actually a novela that it was made about Pablo Escobar. And that made more sense. It was all in Spanish, obviously. But I think that that made more sense than this Narcos bullshit. Okay, so following with The Get Down. Um, the Get Down was more about hip-hop. But it did include a Puerto Rican family. And I think that the main guy, he was kind of Latino too. Wasn't he? Yeah, the, his family was Puerto Rican. So, so I would say because... No, the girl, the girl definitely was. The girl was Puerto Rican, but his family had... You're talking had about the... Actually, you're talking about the character. The character, the character. The character. I yeah, know yeah. that the girl was playing a, a, a Spanish-ish character. Yeah. Um, I think shows like that are a good example of where you try to introduce a Latin element, but mm -hmm. you don't go all the way in. So now, for me, it's hard for me to remember, was there which, even... Who, which... Exactly. What was Latin? I think I think exactly that was the problem about that show that it just like gave you like a little bit of Spanish words and you no, would a think a lot there was a lot there was Spanish songs and everything yeah but they were speaking Spanish and all the shit and I I can't remember but they were not going it's generic shit exactly they were not going into the culture that's what I mean that just because they're talking Spanish doesn't mean that they're they're showing the culture and what is it about right um. And then continuing with a different one. This one is, is different. It's, it's a little bit fun. Um, it was called Devious Mates. And I <laughs> love this show. This show Devious was Mates. hilarious. <laughs> Devious Mates was great. And I, it was so great because even though they were portraying the maid so side. <laughs> the, no, come on. It was good. It was fun. Even, even though they were portraying like, okay, Latinas were made, they were so smart and they were like doing all this stuff. There was like, yes. So. That was, that was a novela. It was a novela. In English, It was a novela. So in Divius Made, you had the, the four main characters. There were four Latinas and there were a group of friends and they were all maids, but they all had like a different style, a, a different life, sorry. After being made, so once one was a mom, another one wanted to be a singer and an actress, another one I don't know was a rich person trying to be a, a maid. Um, so I think that it was interesting because yeah. they didn't present it just the maid as oh my god she's so um, saint and pure and she's just doing this because she needs money, but they presented like no this girl. They, they know that they're doing this because they want to get out of this life and yeah. do something else. They had different motivations. Mm -hmm. Also, they had different, I don't know if I want to say education levels, but there was one that was really smart. Another yeah. one that was like a little more just, you know, regular old girl. You know, just Humble. Get, yeah, just trying to get by. Yeah. And, and I think they presented that in an interesting way. I, the, only, the only thing that I would say I can't remember from that show was if they showed diversity racially i don't think they did that and i think that made it more yeah. novella-ish yeah yeah because it because they only focused on the light-skinned latinas right uh, yeah that was the only element yeah, that i was yeah. like eh, eh, it's true whatever. all right yeah so continuing to one of my all-time favorites 
one day at a time. Wait, this is a current favorite. This is not right. all time. All well, time is if you. Okay, but now it became an all time. Come on. <laughs> all, t- all time means that it happened 20 years ago, and this is my all time favorite because I've seen so many. I after don't care. This. It's an all time. <laughs> so one day at a time. Um, it's a it's a TV show. Uh, a Netflix show. A Netflix show. Yeah, it's a remake actually. So. Yeah, you explain yeah, the background. Yeah, I'll explain the background yeah. because I'm from that generation. So it's a <laughs> One Day at a Time was actually is actually a remake of an old show that I grew up on called One Day at a Time that was about a single mother with, you know, raising her two daughters and it was just basically a, a little nuclear family of a mom and two daughters and how they were being they were growing up in this apartment building and they they had their the the super of the building was this crazy white guy uh, Schneider was his name, yeah, nice. and basically it was just a b- basic white family in, in uh, you know in America growing yeah. up, and they would the theme song and everything was like, oh, we're gonna take everything one day at a time, we're gonna handle things and problems one day at a time. But this version of one day at a time um, showed you a Cuban family in LA, um, and in the apartment it, you had the mom, the son, the daughter, and the abuelita. Obviously, the abuelita cannot stay behind and then you have the yeah the crazy uh super white guy which was say the name again schneider 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 yeah. um but no but i think that one day at a time is one of of it's it's an example of a good show where they show you the stereotypes and and the things that latino they they really do and more cuban families but also they show you how you can change the way you think being in a latino family and being an outsider from a latino family so they deal with a lot of issues that are going on right now uh, in the political environment in, oh, yeah. in society and everything yeah they, de- so, they, deal, they deal with politics they yeah. deal with uh, latinx issues they yeah. deal with you know the daughter in this uh the daughter's uh gay she's lesbian uh-huh. yeah and then the they and she's a feminist and she's really outspoken and she want to fight and she want to <laughs> do all this stuff schneider is a canadian mm-hmm. uh who is uh very self self uh he's self-centered in a way because he's a very typical hipster living yeah. in, in, in a latin community but at the same time he reveals a three-dimensional character where he also wants to be accepted into the Latin community. He wants to learn Spanish. He wants to, he see, he identifies with the people that he's around. So, it's an he. They deal with a lot of interesting uh, topics. Mm-hmm. I think they did a good update. Yeah. To the old show. Yeah. Um, the actors, you know, I think are pretty good. I I, I think that the mother, the character of the mother, yeah, developed her she, very well. Yeah, she does it very well. The grandmother is a pretty typical cliche character but they handle her pretty pretty well yeah but she changed and and you can see also her development through through the story which is cool and i like that because it presents a real story of the latino experience yeah which the, is what we're looking for even the son who seems very one-dimensional in the beginning mm-hmm. ends up becoming a, a very well-rounded character mm-hmm. later on yeah uh, so one day at a time is a recommendation yeah watch it netflix Another interesting show is Islos High. <laughs> Islos High, that was a funny show. Yeah. Islos High is, uh, presented for me a different view of Chicanos and Mexicans in LA because I, I never saw that. It's basically a, a high school show. 
mm-hmm. right? It's like a like a nine zero two one zero or like a. It's like a bringing on, but a TV show, <laughs> but a yeah. Yeah, a novela. Yeah, what a novela. Teens. Yeah, mm-hmm. teen novela. Because it was um, so like a high school show, right? And and they had th- the most important thing about it is that they have a dance group. And they were competing against other schools. And skonkas. They had and, skonkas. Yeah. And, and the ones that were not part of the crew, they were skonkas. <laughs> that was a cool show. I think, I think it was funny because it showed, um, it, they did a good job of throwing a few elements in there that maybe on the East Coast we don't get to hear so much mm-hmm. about. Yeah, yeah. But it was drowning in novella. No, yeah, then drama. after the, I think the third season or something like that, it went into like drugs and, and all these things happened to this one character and she had so many boyfriends, she was a lesbian, then she had a boyfriend, then she ended up with the boy, I don't know, a whole novella thing, yeah, that was East Lost, but it was very funny and it was interesting to see, if you have never had that experience to go to the West Coast, maybe you can see that and maybe have, I don't know an idea of what it is it's not real though but just have that idea and then another one is orange is the new black the latino characters i don't remember the latino characters. i remember the the one of the ladies that she was like kind of older she was latina and i remember the one that the boyfriend was the police officer she was latina and i think she was pregnant or something oh yeah i don't know if she was pregnant but one of the things is that, well, this stereotype of Latinas being violent and then being in, incarcerated or being in jail, um, for them to have Latina Latinas character in a jail, it, it's kind of like stereotype. Yeah. But at the same time, it's cool because they mix that up with Latinas being very violent and very weird. And then these white girls, they had all also African-American girls. So it was an interesting, like... A diversity there in the show. True. Yeah. You wanted me to teach you, right? Alright, so let's move on to Hablando Español. Speaking Spanish. Yeah. Let's start speaking Spanish, people. Carla, what do you got for us this week? Okay, so this time, like the last time, we're gonna try to teach you some words that are related to what we talked about in the show so for example reconocimiento what what is that a lot of a lot of americans might not be ready they might not be ready recognition recognition is reconocimiento reconocimiento so soft r roll not hard r roll i know i'm sorry i'm so extra i'm so extra reconocimiento no reconocimiento i'm sorry i just wanted to emphasize i'm i'm just teaching them a little bit of the r there's sometimes it's a heavy roll and sometimes it's a light roll like in carro carro that's a heavy but then reconocimiento because it's the beginning of the word is very Light. Light. Just a little, but you still a have roll. you still have to have it. Okay. okay. So, so re- that re- reconocimiento means recognition. Very good. Yeah. And then we go with trabajo. Trabajo. Trabajo, which can mean a job or can mean work. Right. Literally work. it means work. Literally it means work. Or it can be a job because I have tengo yeah. un trabajo so But I mean in English we say that also I got a, I got a job I got work mm-hmm. I have work to do. Yeah. So trabajo is work. Tra- trabajo. Trabajo. Soft roll. 
Ekstra. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't realize you're doing it, huh? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then, uh, professional, which means professional. Professional. So okay. It's like a different um, accentuation when you say it. Professional. Prof professional. 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 Got it. Then you have artístico, which means artistic. Artístico. Artístico. Soft roll. I'm again. sorry. Artístico. Artístico. Is Art that if I don't say it, then I don't say it at all, no, because then, then my you, Puerto Rican comes in. And then you in. throw the L in. Exactly. exactly. No, no, don't so throw the L in. Exactly. <laughs> so I either have to do it hard, or I don't or do al it hard. Artístico. 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 Okay. Nice. And then you have creativo. Creativo, I like that, creativo. Creativo. Tienes que ser creativo. You gotta be creative. Creativo, creative. Creativo. Be creative. And then also we have expresión. Expresión. Express. Expression. Expression, yeah. Express. Expresar. Expresar will be express. Express, then, express yourself. Expresar. Yeah. Expresar. And then expresión means expression. Nice. Yeah. So those are the words for our Hablando Español. I hope you guys enjoyed it and enjoyed the Rs and the R. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, as always, uh, you can hashtag us Cortez NYC Livestream. Yeah. On Instagram, if you made anything during this episode or you have anything you want to share, just hashtag Cortez NYC Livestream on Instagram, also on Facebook. And if you like what you hear, subscribe. Yeah. And follow us. Yeah. And contribute because your contributions will lead to more discussions in the future and more feedback brings more content. So. Definitely. If you have any topic that you want us to talk about, maybe we can do it in the future. Just comment. Comment in our post or send us a DM on Instagram, however you like it. And there you go. We're wrapping up episode two, Cortez NYC live stream, the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in, paying attention. Thank you for your comments. Um, next episode, episode three, we will have the subject will be organized. And we will have a conversation about how to stay organized, how to stay focused and productive and as efficient as possible as artists. That's a very difficult task for most artists. And on our hashtag culture talk, we're going to be talking about Latinos in sci-fi TV shows. And as always, our last section will be... Hablando Español. Speaking Spanish. Uh, yes. We'll bring you more words for you guys to uh, share with your peers. Yeah. And, oh, and let us know, actually, if the words are helping you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. Until next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>